0: Well, hello there, and thank you for tuning in to the Shameless Sex Podcast. I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner.
1: And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure product company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're
0: best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom, to pussy praising, to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and and enjoy enjoy the the show. To head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. Today, we're going to be talking about asking for what you want. Asking for what you want. Asking for what you want. (laughs) How to ask for what you want. And let me just clarify that um, we haven't always been that great at asking for what we want in relationships, whether it's with new partners or partners we've been with for a long time or even the business world, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, But we've done a lot of work to get to where we are and there's always more work to do. We're not perfect, Uh, but it really is a a practice and a skill. And we'll go into the topic a little more later on kind of how to refine those skills. So, yeah. But before we do that.
1: Before we do that, it's. (laughs) <laughs>
0: it's the sex life update. Woo!
1: Yay. <laughs> News flash. So, Amy, I want you to go first. Oh, I get to on start your first. Yes. Oh my god. On your sex
0: life. Oh, update. sex life update. I actually haven't had sex in a while. Oh, wait, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> What's a while though? For oh, I you? I know. I was when I was gonna say a while. I was gonna when to think it was like a couple of weeks, but I actually that's not true at all. And we were just talking about this. How did I forget that? How did I forget? I don't know. Okay. It was memorable, too. It was good. It was good. Okay. Well, sex life update. So um, as a single person who's kind of doing the dating thing. And I think I've said this before on a podcast, but I kind of throw the word dating around loosely. And so dating to me, in my personal opinion for myself, can actually mean, you know, um, people that I'm just have friends with benefits relationships with, that I'm actually going out to dinners with, that we're curious if there's like longevity here or if we actually know that there isn't, but we're just spending time together here and there. Uh, I usually wouldn't say I'm dating someone if I just hung out with them once and knew that there was nothing more there. Um, so I'm dating a couple of people. And um, let's see, one person is someone that I've been intimate with before, we kind of have this awesome setup where cause we've known each other for many years, I would call it, is more friends with benefits relationship. And Uh, We have this awesome arrangement where we just come over to their house and we get to share some loving, intimate touch that totally fulfills all my daddy issues because I have daddy issues. (laughs) Um, So kind of playing into the uh, daddy little girl dynamic, but not, when I say that's not familial, that might freak people out. It's not like, he's my father and I'm his daughter. It's more like an energetic force of... Um he's really playing into this strong, masculine, like, I'm here to energetically take care of you. I got this. You can surrender to this. And it helps that he's a daddy. And he's also a daddy, too. He also has kids. <laughs> so, yes. And, um, yeah, and it just it just flows really well. And we've known each other for a number of years. So it feels really safe, really um, – and he's so good at pampering. He's just – like honoring and ideal. pampering, it's it's perfect, you know. And then we have our playtime, and then we get to um, kind of like snuggle and just like talk and connect for hours after. It just it just feels so good. Like it feels, it just feels. Is he just available
1: like- on i um- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll talk to him about that and see if he's available for that. So that's really fun, and I think it's really beautiful to have. This um this like this relationship that's been set up in this and there's a lot of open, honest transparency. It's, we we decided to call it lovership. A lovership. A Lovership.
1: Because yes. a relationship sounds super like, kind of heavy. Like we're about to get married yeah, and have Yeah. It's kids. a lovership. It's yeah. like, hey, like yeah. you're loving you're me. You're my lover. I'm your lover. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and it's kind of very open-ended lovership, right? right? It can mean so many different so things. So many things. Yeah. Yeah. That feels really good. And we have a lot of open, honest transparency about um, You know who we are and what what we're doing. It, there isn't there is an understanding that we're just there to um to connect and, be, and have, share intimacy. We're not building anything. We're dating other people. Clarity, no which ex-
1: is mm-hmm. like being you know part of what this podcast is about, is yeah. talking, being open and honest. That's awesome mm-hmm. that you have that. Yeah,
0: okay. yeah. And again, this is taking me a lot together. I haven't always been that good about the honest transparency about where like where where I where I stand in this relationship. A lot of times I like to beat around the bush.
1: Oh, totally. Like I don't want
0: to hurt their feelings, so I'm not gonna to talk to them about the fact that I'm dating. Because it's other not people. about
1: it's not about you. You're afraid. It's like fearful of like what they'll do with mm-hmm. the reaction
0: or like being yeah. Maybe uh, rejected, mm. or they might not want to spend time with us anymore, right. or it might just hurt their feelings, or, or some people just want to avoid confrontation in general. Then it's not even like the the what the what it might do to the other person. It's just I don't even like having those conversations because they're hard. I
1: am completely used to be yeah. way We're more. just again, the topic of this yes. podcast. Yeah, we'll talk a lot about this. Yeah. soon.
0: So that's fun and exciting. And then there's someone else that I recently started dating. I went on a blind double date that was actually quite successful. Um so my friend uh, her partner set this blind double date up and we went to a show and um and since then I've gone on a couple of dates with this person and and it's really good where he's amazing because again he's early 40s so he's got his Got his game together. This, you know, this is what I'm seeing about the dating men in their 40s. just a lot less – they're a lot more comfortable with themselves. Right. And they've done a lot of work, spent a lot of time. There's a lot of less games, like I would no say 60-40
1: because there's some 40 something that are
0: – Yeah, not all of them. No. <laughs> you found some good ones. I know 20-year-olds are more mature than some of the 40-year-olds <laughs> I know. This is very true. Age is just a number, but – um, this person has a lot of life experience in, um, and they're so good at speaking about sexuality without shame. We can talk about anything. Like when we were out at dinner on our second or third date, I, was, I asked him, I was like, what's your relationship preference style? Like your style of racial relationship preference. i mean, like monogamy, open relationships. You know, I had heard that he had done the open thing before and, um, And we can just openly go into these conversations without there being this discomfort of like, oh, we shouldn't talk about this. Uh, Also, we talked about like orientation because he's someone who doesn't just – um doesn't do the whole straight straight game he actually he doesn't use labels but he definitely is uh, more open-minded in terms of the genders that he's interested in like
1: the Kinsey scale the Mm, Kinsey scale is a good indicator like they say no one is in the Kinsey has this scale it's from like the 50s I think where it determines um people's sexuality but humans never lay right in the middle most humans are um, somewhere in between on the Mm -hmm. Kinsey scale the gray area it's pretty rare to have somebody that's Super, just into the other sex, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's actually, more rare than not. So,
0: yeah, so it's it. Yeah, it's and it's. I'm. And I think that some, because I identify as a like mostly straight woman. Some straight women would be a little uncomfortable dating someone that might identify more in like the. I mean, doesn't use the label bisexual, but more of like the open bisexual. Um, I don't think he'd be pansexual, but something I, I would say more more hetero flexible, hetero flexible. What's pansexual? Like pansexual, P- tell, like you should pansexual would be kind of into anyone and everyone regardless of gender. It's just like, you like know, Peter Pan. A body is a body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Peter Pan. Yeah, he's pansexual. <laughs> yeah, and then you know bisexual. We, most people know what bisexual is. Um, hetero flexible would be you gear more towards being heterosexual, so you're more interested in. Um, like the the opposite gender of the gender that you identify with, and the flexibility means that you'll swing other ways on the occasion. Like you're I open to swinging maybe other that's ways. Me. You're hetero flexible. Yeah, maybe. I think you are hetero flexible. Yeah, I like that title. I think it's cute. I
1: like it too. Yeah. I totally. Everyone like April's hetero flexible. Wear that proudly with it on a t shirt.
0: And I call myself painfully straight. And <laughs> It's so painful. No, because hetero flexible sounds like so much more fun, and sounds there's so like much I'm more... like
1: doing backflips, like we. Yeah, she's
0: a gymnast. Stroke <laughs> <laughs> du soleil over here. So I don't. I mean, I'm I'm excited about it. And some of the, my favorite porn to watch is I really like gay porn. I love like man a man gay porn because I love. See, I'm I mean, strictly I,
1: like when I watch porn, it's threesomes and it's two female bodies and one male body
0: that's very heteroflexible (laughs) (laughs) and mine's like the more cock the better (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this is fun we're just getting to know each other and yeah that's exciting I think that's like my latest update it feels good I feel really free I feel like there's no expectations in the people I'm spending time with it's good it feels good you've got two on the tier tier two. two Uh, let's see. How, yeah, what tier two? I think there, let's see, what was the tiers again? Remind Tier me.
1: one, this is something that I just created on our last podcast <laughs> because it does make so much sense. But tier one's like your first string if you're into sports, which I'm not, but that's what I could imagine, <laughs> um, where it's like your go to, uh, the the ones that you keep cycling through like a revolving door. Tier two is the ones that sometimes it's just one, maybe two times.
0: You call them when there's the, no tier one available. <laughs> oh, they're, yeah, the ones that you have less, not, it's not that you're not interested, but but they're not like your first thought. Right.
1: Like, oh yeah, I really it's convenient sometimes when you've had too much to drink, maybe you hit Ooh. them up. <laughs> so maybe hey. there's just
0: like less alignment with that person. It's not, right. So we're not speaking like there's something bad about that person, just we have less alignment with them. And um it's probably pretty subconscious, yeah. though, when people are tier one to tier two. They're like an energetic. Then force. you have tier three. Which- <laughs> <laughs> As April called, this is like your pity, which we don't have any <laughs> tier threes. <laughs> no, no, there's no
1: tier threes. Not at this moment, but yeah. You never know. So those are the my my in, my head. Those are the tears. What I cycle yeah. through. Maybe people aren't relating to that, but I just got back from Las Vegas, as you probably maybe can hear in my voice. <laughs> Vegas this takes
0: your soul away, everyone. It
1: does. Mm-hmm. Well, I I was there for six days, oh, Jesus. so it was really intense. But um, I was at a trade show, a lingerie convention. So I was doing work, but I did go there with one of my, my tier one mm-hmm. um, and some friends. But I have been hanging out with this. Guy on and off for about a year, but mm-hmm. mostly off because we lived in different cities. Because I moved to Santa Cruz from LA not too long ago, so we lived in different cities. But um, I, you know, as a side note, I will say like I had feelings for this person, um, which will tie into this podcast. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, and then uh, he just sort of. Not communicating what I wanted. He just sort of blew me off in a way that I felt very strange about. So I was like feeling rejected mm. and not putting
0: out there what I wanted. But I remember kind of coaching you through that at times when you would – when he would like not – you You would have some conversations and then he would kind of disappear for a week and he you're would like, disappear. what should I do? And, and then he'd
1: come back hot and heavy yeah. and say things to me that were pretty – Pretty like relationshipy, and yeah. so I went so been and thinking about you.
0: Oh, totally, Like I you do. Yeah, so, <laughs> yes, that's how and, I read the text. And messages. I remember you were considering during that time. This was a while ago, maybe like six months ago or something. And you were almost like, should I play the game? You know, should I not? How should I respond? Should I not respond? And then we had agreed, like, like fuck the game. Like, let's be yes. real. Let's be real about how it took what, me a while yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in this space of.
1: Fuck the game. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you can't hustle a hustler, <laughs> <laughs> So basically, I've been really clear with him. And now um, we're having a lot of fun. And the funny thing is the tables have sort of turned because I just shut um, shut out any possibility of, of being committal with him. I just basically was been clear to, to the point where I said, I'm not ready for this. I need some time. and But I'm, I want to have as much fun as possible. And you have an ideal situation because I'm not asking any questions about what you're doing. Mm. Um, and... Um, you know, have fun. If I'm not there, have, do whatever you want. There's no questions. Wear a and I'm wearing, <laughs> oh my gosh, like religious. We we went through 12 condoms in two days. Oh, awesome. I <laughs> guess it was so fun. Okay. So this guy I'm having a lot of fun with. And, um, and maybe it will turn into something eventually. But for me right now, I've been clear and I've been getting good results about that. Mm. Um, and I'll talk about that more when we get in depth with our podcast and other things as well. Well, and then I have this... Other guys. So I had major great sex all weekend long, including and up until yesterday morning, which was fun. Like, we have very connective, fun sex. And uh, I really, I think that's also why I have been um, keeping him in my space for so long because... To your one status. To my <laughs> one status because our sex is universally really, really connected and fun. And he knows how to to please my needs. Um and let's see. The tier two is gone. He's in Bali. Like, everyone is in Bali right now. Bali is
0: so in right now.
1: Right. But he's been sending me little messages, which have been nice. Miss you. Yeah, Thinking miss you. And wish you were here. Totally. And so that's kind of nice to hear. Mm. And I have a very clear situation with him as well, which we'll also talk about later. But So I haven't seen him in a couple of weeks because he left and he's going to be gone for, I think, like another week or two. Yeah. So we'll see what happens when he returns, ah. where the sex goes from there. Woo. He's pretty good with the uh yield uh cunnilingus. Oh, he's got some skills it's in the mouth yeah, department for like a long time just wow. down there for days. Pussy praising.
0: You know how we feel about that.
1: But he has like a massively huge cock that I can barely fit in my mouth. <laughs> so I get like so You're not returning the favors? No. No, I do, but I, I just like just I have tip? to prep prep myself, JT stretch K. out my <laughs> stretch out my uh do some uh you have a yawning before he comes over. Do you have TMJ? Don't you have like a jaw pop thing? I
0: do. But that does not help me. No. <laughs> it actually kind of hinders. <laughs> it gets in the way. So. Oh, that'll be another podcast when we talk about how to suck the dick. I also want to
1: find um, I, a guy right now that wants to try my sex toy line because I work for this brand called Hot Octopus and it's a couple's vibe and I haven't been able to use it yet because um, I don't know. I just didn't. It didn't come up and now I'm like really motivated to have a like use it with a dude that I just meet newly to
0: see what the a reaction new guy. is. Yeah, so you're like the very first time he'll go, you just whip it out and like, yes, let's see the reaction, and be like, <laughs> great face. You will <laughs> all be hearing about how that reaction goes in a podcast in a couple weeks, so get ready. All right, well, let's get into our topic. So, asking for what you want, and I just want to um to kind of clarify, we're we're actually teaching a workshop at a festival in late August on August twenty second. It's um, Symbiosis Organ Eclipse Festival up in Oregon and we are teaching a workshop called Erotic Superstar Step Into Your Power and it's kind of all about this and there's so much more to it but um, really about how to get clear on what we want, how to ask the right questions. Un- what tools to use to tools. get those yeah. th-
1: to the place that you want.
0: Yeah, undoing the layers of shame so that we can really get clear on what it is that we want and how to ask for it and to step into our power and have better, more connected sex through that and it and also it also ties to business and a lot of things, you know, they're all they're also connected. Right. Mm-hmm. Relations- Relationships in general, all, all sorts of things. Are you ready for the Unleashed Tour where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment? Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary-pushing acts, shameless sex style. Ever heard of the Slurpee stick shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some dirty talk improv or brat-taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter
1: as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. Engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year.
0: What's up, shameless sex fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also...
1: We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship so you get what you desire. And it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always.
0: It's kind of sexy.
1: And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. Go to where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you want a want hardcover,
0: yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how about you? let's see. What, well, April, tell us your story about your journey on how you got better at asking for what you want. So.
1: Well, I've done a lot of work just to start off with. Um, I've read so many amazing books that I can actually recommend that have really helped me um, get clear. But, you know, really, so back when I started, um, you know, my relationship life, which was 13 years ago, I was in a, a relationship a really lovely relationship. It lasted for six years, and then I met my ex-husband. Now he's my ex-husband. He was my husband, but <laughs> um, who I was with for seven years. Um, and through those relationships, I realized that I sort of adapted wholly to my partnerships. I never really would do what I want. For instance, I'll give you I'll give you an example. Um, my ex-boyfriend, uh, he really wanted to move. To California. So I was like, okay, great. I always wanted to teach English abroad in Thailand and live in like Korea and live kind of these, this international life. Um, and then I wanted to do the Peace Corps. I was almost, I had a ticket to Ghana to go and do the Peace Corps. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And I decided because my partner, and that's what I really wanted. That's what I always wanted because my partner at the time was saying to me, no, don't go. We won't be together. I don't know if we can last through this stay here. Uh, I said, I just kind of bent, you know, bent my, my needs and said, Mm -hmm. okay, I'll stay. I love you. This is what I need. I'll totally stay. Um, and then I did the same thing with my ex-husband. He, um, wanted me to move. I lived in Israel with him, which was great. I wanted to move back. So I left. And the moment that I said, look, I don't know if this is going to work culturally. Um, he moved, and then it was like, we need to get married. We need to do all of these things. And mm-hmm. I said, I never wanted to get married, but I did it. Mm-hmm. So it's um, kind of like putting your own needs on the back burner. and It was like that for mm-hmm. years yeah. and years. Finally, um, and I will – I've worked through this. I had shame in this, but I'm working through it
0: still. I had, um, I had an affair. Oh, yeah. And, you know, let's just clarify that affairs are a lot more common. Affairs and cheating um, – is such a – and we're not necessarily condoning like, yeah, everyone should do it. It's totally awesome. But um, they're happening out of – usually because something's missing. And there's like a communication breakdown or layers and layers and layers of uh, resentment that couples can't get through and people start to seek. And there's plenty of reasons why affairs happen, but they start to seek outside – um, sources, outside people to kind of fulfill these needs of what's not getting met there. And so it's not the blaming game. i we're not talking about like, there's no victims here. We're not blaming the partner for not, um, not showing up. It's just usually, there's a reason. It's usually not just like people are being careless and the grass is always greener, which does happen, but it's usually not just that.
1: Well, precisely. And, um, it's taken me a while to come to terms with why I had the affair. Cause there was so much guilt. Mm-hmm. I hurt my ex-husband at the time, I totally hurt him. And there was a lot of there was a lot of blame in that. And so I have worked through it. Um, But we definitely it was the trigger to um, our separation and our divorce. And honestly, I have to tell you, now looking back, I am much, much, I mean, 100% better and it was meant to be. But um, I started then asking for what I wanted. Right then after I separated, I kind of Distance myself from his needs because I always fulfilled um, his needs. Of course, he was supportive. It wasn't just me like all the time, um, you know, kind of adhering to his terms or anything. It was a relationship. There's two people. But I did uh, forget about what I wanted. Uh, My career sort of was on hold for a while because I couldn't do what I needed to do because he would get needy Mm. and need more of me. So now (laughs) let's fast forward to present time. Um, I've been separated from my husband for about a year and a f- couple of months and I was doing major work, major work. I mean, I was in therapy for a while, obviously, mm-hmm. which I have no shame in therapy. I think Therapy's awesome. I didn't do therapy at all ever in my life before this happened, mm-hmm. but it's been the one thing that's really given me the tools that I need to, um, get through a hard time. I'm not, na- I'm not in therapy anymore, but. But it's always there if you need it. It's there if I need it. Mm. And I do read books all the time. Like, I call them self-development books that really... Not self-help. Not self-help. Too much of a trigger word. (laughs) Well, I think that that just has a lot of stigma behind it. Mm -hmm. And I think about it as I am developing myself. Mm. So I've been asking for what I wanted now for the the last year. Like, fully getting just in charge and putting it into my frontal. Full frontal. (laughs) Mm.
0: Full frontal. (laughs) And it has
1: been amazing. Like, my career... I shifted. I started working for Hot Octopus this year and it's been a dream job for me Um, before I was working at a company where I wasn't asking for what I wanted and it was really, it was a completely different situation and now I just put things out there and I am firm about it Mm -hmm. and I have been getting what I wanted. And the same with relationships um, and with friendships Mm -hmm. and with uh, loverships. Mm -hmm. I've been just
0: clear like clear about what I want oh yeah that's beautiful <laughs> um cool thank you for sharing I it. can give
1: more examples but I think it's
0: yeah now I've been talking for a while yes, that's <laughs> I'll, I'll take over now thank you so let's see well I'll talk about me so um yeah I definitely have not always been good at asking for what I want it's it's definitely a learned um, a learned skill and it's been a journey. I identify as something which I think you are too, like a caretaker, caregiver, um, kind of like that archetype where, um, 100%. yeah, a so, fixer, I'm a fixer. fixer. Yeah. Major fixers. Um, I think as a fixer caretaker, we have the ability to get into a kind of like a codependent relationship a little bit pretty easily. Um, I've recently noticed that my last relationship with this person who's like my total kryptonite who I was with for three years, um, that I was in a codependent space. I didn't really know I was during it. And in a codependent space, I found that I wasn't really asking for what I want because I thought that I was going to lose love if I did. So it was kind of a lot of taking care of this other person's needs, what they wanted. And, you know, relationships to me are, it's a, they are, they're a nego- constant negotiation. We're negotiating our needs. What are your needs? What are my needs? And how can we meet in the middle? There's like, you know, it's compromise. And then but the more important piece is really is negotiation. Sometimes we can't meet in the middle, right? Sometimes, one person's getting more of their needs met than the other. Sometimes people don't get their needs met, but it still is always the constant negotiation and conversation. Um, and Can I, can it, I
1: interject yeah. one thing? I had something great to say on that level yeah. about the the compromise slash negotiation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, each situation that you get into, and this is a, a book that I've read called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's such a great book, um, but not only for career, but for relationships, mm-hmm. for if you're a parent, if you're anything. Um, But one thing that they talk about in the book is that compromise is the lowest level of win-win. And everything in life is a negotiation, right? Mm. You should always, in each interaction that you have, create a win-win. And that means that if you can't make the deal or close the deal, or even if you're disagreeing about something, um, you should walk away until you can create a win-win. And um, they – it's, it's such an amazing way to look at life, mm-hmm. and that's, for me, been so helpful. When, I, when you feel like it's a lose-win or a win-lose, um, something's missing. You mm-hmm. need to kind of go back and change the situation, negotiate, talk about it, figure out how you can create a win-win. Not really, you're supposed to walk away from your partnership, yeah. but if you're disagreeing about a child mm-hmm. or you're disagreeing about um, not going on this trip mm-hmm. versus going on this trip... Um, you always have to find a commonality, a common ground, and create a win-win. Understand fully the other person's perspective, so you can describe it to them better than they could. Mm. And that's also another a tool to use. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. But I
0: didn't mean to interject. But oh, no, the no, win-win, no. the yeah. win-win is huge. You know, I, and I agree with that. That it is. It is this negotiation to. Yeah. No. I, I totally. I totally hear you on that. Um, and I think with relationships, this is one of the thing one of the things that to understand though, in regards to getting a win win, we want to strive for that. But sometimes it doesn't work that way, right? Like sometimes one person doesn't get what what they want, and this is just kind of a, a part of it. And I think it's one thing to look at it in relationships if that's happening more often. Than not one person's getting what they want all the time, and the other person just always compromising, negotiating themselves out of what they want. Um, they're not getting the win-win for them you know for themselves they're not getting to experience that that's some then that's something to look at because I mean there are there are conflicts in relationship that come up where win-wins I think aren't always on the table
1: well I think that the clearer <clears throat> that you can get with your partner though about what you want and be like this is really important for me because mm. this is something that I know in my next relationship I'm going to be very clear about I want both of us to have a win-win or compromise which is the lowest form of win-win mm. so maybe you feel like you're giving up a tiny portion of something um or you're, it's but it should always feel like you just closed a deal you just bought a house you know <laughs> she's a businesswoman
0: everyone a businesswoman
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just think that that's been a really powerful um Like switch in my brain Mm. that has been super effective for me. And I used to sort of think that um, in my relationship that I would... Just a small example. My ex-husband would really want to go to a movie. Mm. And it was all the time. I want to go to a movie. I I was like, I don't want to go to a movie. I want to go out to a nice dinner. And he wasn't a foodie. I love food. Mm -hmm. And I would always... I felt like it was a win-lose because mm. he was winning. I was like, fine, I would go, go to another yeah. action movie. Uh, how many Mission Impossible movies <laughs> can I see? So, because I wasn't clear to say, hey, I really love going out to dinner. How about tonight we do that and then we go to a movie. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? I yeah. want to go to a fancy-ass restaurant. I mm-hmm. want to be pampered a little bit. I want
0: to talk and connect. Yes, I want to yeah.
1: connect and and that, that would have been, but instead I said, okay, yeah, let's go to a movie because he didn't want to do the dinner thing and that's such a, that's like a really small example, but you can turn that into a lot of different situations. Mm-hmm. With friendships, too, where you have a friend that always dictates what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started kind of creating the win-win space with
0: with those friends as well. Are you trying to do that with me? Am I dictating everything? You? know, like, never, never. <laughs> we, <you're laughs> She's brainwashing me. It's manipulation, everyone. <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um yeah okay let's talk about empowered language on that note then because Ooh, good topic yeah empowered language is a really important piece and i and i and i know that people throw empowered's another one of those like spiritual words more spiritual than you bro um <laughs> like what does empowerment mean and um to me empowerment really means speaking from um from the self like really speaking from our our wants our needs our desires as opposed to speaking externally like you 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 you, you. so Um, empowerment really requires spending time and getting clear on who we are, what it is that we want, what it is that we desire and speaking from that place. So, in negotiation in relationship, um, whatever relationship is business, a lover, um, a partner, a friend, if there's something that you want to bring up to speak about, um, to say, you know, there's this is something that I desire. I want to, like you're saying, I, I would like to go out to dinner. Um, speaking from the I, I space, would like to be on top tonight. I would like to be on top tonight. Yeah, we always do it missionary. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, so
1: I want anal. I, yeah. <laughs> Give it to me now. I want
0: it. Um, so speaking from that, getting clear on that, what is it that I want? And then speaking from that, as opposed to you always do this, you this, you know, right. we always do do it your way. We always do a missionary instead of like you know. I I've, I've been thinking lately. I've been I've been doing a lot of work on myself and. I'm really feeling like I'd love to be on top more right? and speaking your, from the me. And I know that we throw in the whole thing about like using I statements and um, – but there's truth to it, I statements and speaking from what we feel as opposed to speaking externally about telling – essentially telling someone what they, about what they're doing and how they feel.
1: And also it's so easy to get into the don't state of mind. People Mm. tell you what they don't want all the time. And listen, you can hear it clear. I listen to it all the time in society or when I'm in meetings or when I'm talking to one of my loverships. And when, when they say, I don't want people to think this or I don't want this, I said, what do you want? And every time I hear the don't, I asked for the do. I said, t- change it. What do you want? You've told me three times what you don't want, but if you're not clear on what you do want, you're never going to get it. Mm. And this does come, again, from the law of attraction, kind of attracting what you want in your life. But that stuff is real. Einstein used it. Lincoln used it. I mean, there are people that uh, that are using it every day, the power of manifestation. It's real stuff. I, I am the optimal manifester. Mm. I have learned how to do it so well, and it's all just changing You're shifting your mind, being positive, attracting what you want. So change your don't to your do's. If you want something from your partner or you want something from your career, say it in a do state of mind.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on on that note, I'll talk about positive reinforcement because I often get a lot of questions about, you know, when how do we actually ask for what do we want in the bedroom? And I have this this um, this whole thing about positive reinforcement that I call "give them a cookie." <laughs> a cookie. So an example of this would be if someone say they're rubbing your breasts and your nipples, and they're rubbing really hard and vigorously, and you're like, "This is not what my breasts and nipples like. This feels terrible." Instead of saying you always do it the wrong way, or, ah, oh, that hurts, or can, like, instead of don't just... Don't do that. Don't do that. Ouch. Yeah, whatever it is. Amy um, and I can role play. Yeah, well... Rub my nipples, Amy. Rub em. Okay, rub me the nipples. Rub I'm nipples. Ah! Oh, no, no, <laughs> Not like that. And you are entitled to your yeses and your nos. I mean, this is another part of that empowered language is... Uh, If you feel yes, you are entitled to speaking your yes. And if you feel no, please speak your no. Anytime we don't speak our no or when we're getting like a big maybe that's, that's leaning more towards a no and we're kind of conforming, we can actually create trauma in the body, especially when it comes to touch. Um, like our body bodies can actually numb out in places when we conform and have received touch that we're getting a no on, but we're not actually speaking our mind. So there's the fear of speaking our no that they might shut down, they might not love us, you know, we just want touch in general. So we're, we'll take whatever touch we can get, but that can really create some trauma. Um, so a way to, to really convey what it is that we want without maybe uh, shaming someone or hurting their feelings or making them feel like they're inadequate or not enough uh, is to use positive reinforcement. So And it's it's kind of like a two-piece statement. The first thing is you compliment something. So that's the positive reinforcement piece. I really love when you touch my
1: nipples.
0: And that's the first piece, yes. And then the second piece is the actual critique. And it starts with the and, not a but. And, and I'd really love it if you touched them softer and I'd slower. I'd really love
1: if you touched my butthole. <laughs>
0: All right. That's a little extreme. <laughs> why? No, I, I do like that. Okay. No, that's good. That's good. Okay, I good. mean, I love butthole touch too. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. But so essentially you're, you're kind of critiquing things. So or someone, you could say,
1: how about, does this work, Amy? I really love when you touch my nipples,
0: but. No butts. Oh,
1: and see, this is, this is worse. That's why see, I'm teaching her, good. yeah. Exactly.
0: Oh, I mean, you can have and your butt touch, but just I no I love butts. when
1: you touch my nipples and at the same time my clitoris.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So you You can totally do it. Okay, i mean I'm using yes. that tonight. So you're Yeah. here. This is the example. Let's break it down it, to make it really simple. Someone's touching your nipples or touching them a little too hard and fast for your liking. Maybe you absolutely hate it. Maybe it's absolutely terrible. But instead of saying, this is absolutely terrible or you're doing it wrong, you say, it's something general. I love when you touch my breasts because that's general. Hopefully, you, I mean, you probably do love when they touch your breasts. And what I love even more is if you went softer or slower or maybe switched up the. Or suck on them. Yeah, whatever it is. Or um, another example is someone is... Um giving you a hand job, rubbing your cock, and they're just kind of squeezing really tight. It's a little bit too much. And you're like, this is not feeling good. Um, compliment on that. Like, I love your hands around my cock, and what I'd love even more is if you went a little softer and slower um, or added a little more lube. Putting or, out what mm-hmm. you want. And so I call this giving them a cookie because um the cookie is the positive reinforcement. You're complimenting them, and that kind of becomes like what their subconscious can hear. It's like, oh, I'm doing a good job, I got a dog bone, yay! Um, this applies to all people. It's just they're on the dog bone scale here, uh, and then the critique comes after with the and, and then they feel like I'm doing a good job, and now I have this critique, and I they're more inclined to kind of step up their game because they don't go into their dark hole of shame, feeling like they're a poor performer.
1: that really does tie in though to what we just talked about putting out what you do want versus what you don't want. Mm -hmm. If you say, don't touch me there, that's going to, again, shame them. right? So turn your do's, turn your don'ts into do's. That is a huge takeaway from this podcast. Mm -hmm. I think that has helped me immensely in all aspects of my life. And I now, I'm constantly helping. I'm trying to help other people get into the do mindset. um, And I'm conscious of it fully when I speak. I think that that really it really is em- that empowered language again. Mm-hmm. Putting out the me, um, and that's another thing that I think we should talk about is putting out um, when when you're in a maybe a, a state of conflict with your whoever, lover, uh, boss. It doesn't matter when you start pushing the blame, which is really easy to do. Mm-hmm. You make me feel this way. Mm-hmm. You did I feel this way because of you. Yes, mm-hmm. um, that is that's not empowered language. Mm-hmm. Take it from. I feel this way because of X, Y, and Z, um, and, and own your feelings and, and be aware of them and come and no one, you are, you are in charge of how you feel. Mm -hmm. Um, no one can make you feel a certain way. You feel that way
0: because of a certain action or Mm -hmm. exchange. Well, and that's that vulnerability piece too, is it requires strength in tapping into and embracing your vulnerability, right? So, um, I feel sad, I feel hurt, I feel abandoned, I feel unimportant. And these are all empowered statements, be- and they don't sound like that because you are like, oh, those are shitty feelings. But right. it's empowered because it's taking ownership of how you feel as opposed to you make me feel abandoned, you make me feel unimportant. Um, that there's a big distinction there in the language and the effect of what it's going to do to the person you're talking to. Right, and pra-
1: practice. Practice switching that. When you hear yourself putting the blame on someone else, mm-hmm practice taking that responsibility back. And, and I think that has helped me. I, sometimes I do, I get into the habitual state of going into that, that kind of shift of, um, you did this. And then I'm like, wait a second. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I change it back. Um, my, you know, my previous relationships, we were really good at, at blaming each other. And I wasn't empowered at all enough to realize then, that that was happening, mm. and, things, and you don't really get anywhere when you do that. People, you just get a whole bunch no, of wounded, wounded little children. It's <laughs> cyclic, and it's it's toxic, and you yeah. have to kind of shift that and remember to take take the blame back, or don't blame at all. Don't shame. Don't blame. Oh, mm-hmm. there's a don't game. Oh, do God. be do. shame yeah. free. Yeah. Do. <laughs> Have, take responsibility do use positive
0: reinforcement yes one other thing i really want to talk about um in terms of asking for what we want is there's is important questions and so a lot of times when i'm working with clients and um talking to people about what it is that you what do you want how does your body like to be touched what is it that you desire a lot of people are like i have no fucking idea and oh, it's really? almost this like crazy broad question that drives them nuts because it's a lot of they're just in there's a lot of reasons why you know maybe they um disconnected from their bodies based on trauma or they're really stressed out or, or it's shifted. You know, what you used to want has, has changed based on life circumstances, or maybe your body's changed. There's actually a more important question. It's not what do I want? It's how do I want to feel? So how do I want to feel as a sexual being? How do I want to feel in my relationship when I'm uh, touched or being touched? You know, how do I want to feel when I'm having sex? Much more important than what do I actually want? And what we want is actually kind of like the surface level um, tools that we use to get how we want to feel. Because so how we want to feel, look at it as like the base of the foundation. And then the things that what we actually want, the little tools, they're kind of like above that, that get us into the deeper part of the foundation of what we're looking for. So what the core erotic theme suggests is that um, we get clear on how we want to feel as a sexual being. And the way that the core erotic theme works is, uh, and I do this with clients all the time, is I'll have them, have them kind of retell the story of either two to, two to three fantasies, sexual experiences that they've had, that they've heard of, um, the porn that they watch, like the top hottest spank bank things are like, oh, that's the hottest thing I've ever seen or done. And they paint the picture. And so they'll tell me the story. And it's, you have to be really descriptive. You know, who was there? What was the energy like? What was the room like? And you really... What, did smell like? what did it smell like? What it smell like? What it taste like? Ooh. Ooh. Was there like any sexy... I'm like, getting there. I'm getting in it. I'm
1: doing this right now. She's doing it
0: right now. Yeah. And I love this exercise. And it's really like you're writing a little erotica novel. And you do two to three of them. And so I'll have my clients. And I do this with friends and even partners sometimes. And, um, and what we look for is the theme of how you wanted to feel in each of those fantasies. And, and that is really important because once you know how you want to feel, then you can figure out the core erotic movies and the movies are the, the kind of more, the surface level, like how do we want, or what do I want? You know, they're like just the little avenues of how we get the feeling. So an example of this for me, so if I name my top two to three fantasies. Um, one of my fantasies is, is a big which I kind of you kind of figured out earlier because I talked about this daddy little girl theme, it has this kind of dominant submission thing where I'm in a submissive role, my very strong masculine partner's in this dominant role, and um they are really taking initiative, like taking over the whole scene, you know, I'm like in one of my spanking materials is like them with me bent over on their knee and them like see spanking <laughs> nice. me, calling telling me I'm a good little girl or bad little girl or dirty little slut or whatever that is. And threatening me with some, like, anal play. Like, if you do this, I'm going to do this to your ass. like that's that hot. of super hot. And um, so that's one of my movies. One of my other movies is this very tantric, connected, um, me and my masculine, again, very, like, masculine, strong partner. We're having this very connected tantric sex. It's not like an SM, kind of kink, dominant submission. Um, and what's happening is... There is uh, um, this this really great energetic exchange where they're still really taking control, but like holding this divine masculine space for me. You know, they're like, whatever flows through, if I have like crygasms or if I'm like gushing fluids all over the place, they're like, I got this. This is beautiful. Like I'm, I'm holding this space for you. You're a beautiful goddess and um, you can surrender to me. So they're very different. If you look for the theme in those ones, um, for me, the theme that I identify with is, is this feeling of being taken care of. It's not like I'm going to buy you gifts and take care of you in that way or like buy you a house and feed you. It's energetically, I'm here to take care of you. Like you can surrender into me. You're safe. I got this. And fun fact about chorobatic themes, they come from our childhood. Right. So you, Mine's
1: feeling special. Feeling Remember spe- we yeah, did special. this before. Mm-hmm. Mine is feeling special. Yeah. And
0: so if you look at this, like f- for me, and we can ask you where yours came from, for me, um, my, my dad was very physically present, but he was not energetically or emotionally present. You know, I, I couldn't come to him with my tears. He would laugh in my face. So I'm kind of fulfilling my daddy issues, my, this thing that was, was missing in my childhood in my erotic life. And, um, you, uh, you, do you want to comment on yours? Why you need to feel special with the, a lot of the men, I mean, well,
1: I think mine's related to my brother. This okay. is an obviously non-sexual way, but he was like the only male figure that I really had present in my life. Mm. And he was always like the, the, um, cause my, my father was not really present at all. He, my parents divorced when I was like Five. And so he just wasn't there. But my brother was always the golden child. He was Mm -hmm. always the one that
0: was... He was the special one. He was the special Uh one.
1: And uh, I don't know how it came about. Like, Amy and I did this practice together before. And this is how I knew that she, she kind of nailed it with, uh, you want to feel special. And so I relate it back to that. Who knows if Mm -hmm. if that's where it comes from. Um, Your dad
0: also wasn't very present in your life either.
1: No. And he made my brother feel special. And my grandparents did that as well. mm -hmm. My mom did that as well. And he was always getting seeking, but he got a lot of negative attention too. So Mm -hmm. I was slowly, um, I, I don't know if that's the, the reason exactly. I haven't tapped in deeply to why I want to feel special but I know now and I say that now when I'm to in your a, partners. well yeah. I I I actually since I've recognized it I've been more conscious of it I'm like I really do like feeling special mm-hmm. and you are special I, I like them to tell me things like you know you have a magic pussy I'm like <laughs> that's right do I have a magic pussy oh yeah. what <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and other other things come up where I do want to feel like um, and
0: everybody does want to feel like they're the greatest or the, mm-hmm. the best. There's just one that identify, people identify more with. The common ones are feeling special, feeling the best, feeling adored, honored, worshipped, taken care of, cherished. Um, and and it's some, a lot of them have a lot of overlap in terms of how they resonate. But usually for someone, they'll have like one that really sticks with them or I mean, maybe two that they really identify I think I with. I have two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's your other one?
1: feeling like I'm the best. You are the best.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so an example of someone that wants to feel the best is a lot of their fantasies or sexual experiences that they've had, um, or that are like their hottest ones ever, they're lit- like what they're doing, they're giving 5 million orgasms to their partner. Like right. they're gr- so good at what they do that they're, and it's they're usually people that get off on really pleasuring other people, um, like providing pleasure for other people. And if they their partner doesn't have orgasms quite often, they actually don't feel that like the sex was that great because they weren't performing at but it's totally I'm 50 I'm like 50-50 yeah. I am
1: because I go uh, yeah it just depends on where I'm at with and also depends on the partner because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm in a when I'm hooking up with a lot younger guys I usually try to be like the sh- the teacher and just be like I'm gonna dominate you and show you what a woman's gonna do mm-hmm. like, and then and then, then you're with, the best you're so good at I'm what you that I'm the best the and educator. then when I'm with an, um, men usually that are older which I get into a role of I want to feel special. I want to feel taken care of. I want to feel like I am the best that you've ever had. But, but something like this. This yeah. is what this is where it goes. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm and, at. And
0: then I think for looking at the people who want to feel the best, quite often, um, you know, maybe this is, might be the case for some of them in their childhood. You know, mom or dad or whomever they're raised by um, probably criticized them more than praising them. They were instead of saying like, hey. Hey, daughter, you did a great job of that softball game. And said so they were like, you could have done this, this, and this better. Oh, and totally. So, so, and a lot of people get freaked out when we talk about core thing because I'm like, the way you are as a sexual being is very much related to your childhood. And they're like, no, I don't want to think about my parents as a sexual being. But it's so spot on. And it's really liberating to do this exercise with people because then once they figure out how they want to feel. So say you're in a partnership. You know how you want to feel. So for me, I want to feel taken care of energetically. And I'm with a partner and we'd figure out, we do the same kind of exercise and figure out how they, how they want to feel as a core, their coreotic theme. Um, And if when I'm with a partner who also wants to feel taken care of energetically, and so we both want to be like, just like pampered and adored and in this kind of like submissive space or, um, or just like energetically held or whatever that is. That might actually be kind of conflicting. We can find ways to work together, and that's why it's good to get clear on how we want to feel. But it could also be conflicting because we both just might be laying there waiting for the other one to pet us and hold us, right? right. Um, so, so, but there's a lot of themes that work really well together, and it doesn't mean that if your themes don't match that you can't date this person. It just means it's a topic for conversation and how we can negotiate so that we can both get our needs met because we we need to feel like that. And are there th- tools for finding out what your partner or um lover
1: or whoever what their core erotic theme is this
0: this is the tool right the tool is this going through this going through this process sit down with them and do this whole process and try to figure out how they want to feel so have them narrow down their top favorite fantasies sexual experiences that they have you got to be you have to be open to learning some really deep stuff about them so if jealousy is a thing for you you might need to check in with that one um but yeah, and then figure out what, where, where how they want to feel, and then negotiate to get the feelings, the, to get the, the needs met there. This is the the thing. So I can actually be in sexual relationships with people where the my the the way I need to feel isn't always happening. Like you know, if I'm with someone who isn't making me feel taken care of, we can have good sex for like a week or two. But for it to be sustainable and like long for longevity, for me to want to continue to have sex with them, I need to have that feeling. Okay. If that feeling's not there. I'm probably going to stop fucking them at some point. And I've had relationships where that was the case, where I was completely unaware um, of all of this and who, who, you know, what I wanted as a sexual being, how I wanted to feel. And you know, I was in a long-term relationship where after two or three years we stopped having sex because we weren't making each other feel the way we wanted to feel. We didn't even really know what that was. And it, and now when I look back at it, I'm like, oh yeah, we both just wanted to feel. We both had conflicting themes, and we didn't know how to work on that to negotiate. So um, if you're a single person or if you're dating some people and it's newer, uh, I highly suggest getting clear on how you want to feel, maybe seeing how they want to feel and see if that they, they can work together and if you can kind of negotiate to get those, those needs met, those feelings met. And, and then you can figure out what the movies are. You know, I want to feel taken care of. What are, my, what are some movies, some possibilities, that things that we can do to make me feel that way? Okay, there's like the dominant submission. There's a deeply tantric, you holding this masculine space for me. Um, I'm really seeing through this that I actually can't I it's probably not good for me to be in long-term relationships with people who can't hold that really strong masculine space because at some point I'm I feel like I really need that in order to have really deeply fulfilling sex That's very yeah. interesting yeah it's it's really eye-opening for people so. So like more. I'm of the gonna story, try to do that with, yeah. with with my. It's fun to tier do it with one. your partner. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. To your end, and they're like, oh my god, they're psychoanalyzing me. Right. right. I try,
1: I started getting into this after you and I spoke with um the the regular guy, and it went really strange. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. So I want. I, I want to try to. He wouldn't like get in touch with that mm-hmm. and. Um, I try to be like, What's in your spank bank? Like, mm. what do you think about it? It's like
0: we can't we're not supposed to talk about that. I know. So There's I, a lot of shame in that. But they're, 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 Totally. Like, yeah. And I
1: think that he he came from a, a previous relationship that he was shamed a lot. And yeah. I think that he's working through some trauma. But um I'm I pretty think much it's like hot when they
0: talk. I love hearing those stories. Maybe not like the last person you had sex with yesterday and like all the right. things you did, but I mean I th- I think hearing about someone's fantasies and Me too. Yeah.
1: I mean, I used to not um when I was back when I was Um, Less empowered and less who I am now. I used to get really uncomfortable talking about sexual experiences that people had, and now I'm just I'm totally they're interesting to me Mm -hmm. because it's it's uh, it's creating less shame around people's previous experiences. Being open, maybe Mm -hmm. you'll learn something new if you just address it and come to terms with it. It's okay. They're with you. They chose you now. Mm -hmm. So leave the jealousy or any of that thing behind and just uh, embrace their stories well i
0: think a lot of times people want to pretend like their partners weren't sexual before them <laughs> They're like, right but they were yeah. they, they learned, learned all those things somehow whole life they I mean or maybe they were not maybe this you're like 18 and still with your this is like your first partner but for the most part we have our sexual history you know we've touched ourselves we've been touched by other bodies hopefully consensually and and this is just a part of our story. And so maybe you, and you, again, you're your own authority. You get to choose how much information you want to share with your partner about your past and how much you're comfortable hearing from them. And, um, in an exercise like this, being open to hearing about their fantasies or maybe some past experiences can be really beneficial.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, and it'll just help you grow stronger. And
0: you might want to ask me. It can be too. hot, <laughs> right.
1: right? Talk <laughs> about it again. Tell, Tell me your fantasy me. again. The fantasy. Oh my god! I think what we'll do is we'll post some books, um, the books that we talked about in this yeah. podcast, on our website, which is shamelesssex.com. Ooh. Yep. So we'll um, and also some other books that might be helpful, whether whether it's about core erotic theme mm. or uh, empowerment or um, getting to a shame free state of mind. Um, we will you give those tools to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely hook you up with some links. Yeah. Um... And, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's that's kind of... We covered mm, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of information. It's really a really beautiful podcast. Oh, so beautiful. Feels so empowered. April, you're the best and you're special. Yay! <laughs> Amy, I'm
1: going to bend you over my
0: leg right now. Oh, my
1: God, anal threat, <laughs> anal threat.
0: <laughs> okay, so now we're really hot and bothered, so we're going to leave you at that. Um, Please join us again next week. And for more information, as we said, go to shamelesssex.com.
1: .com. Thank you so much for joining us. We love each and every one of you. Have a beautiful day.
0: Like what you hear? Well, then head on over to shamelesssex.com for more podcasts and information on our latest happenings.